Greetings and welcome to the Screen 17 podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Raymond Hogg, joined as ever by Rob Mullen. Yellow. And Eddie, Barry's Hot Dog Bolton. Hi. Every other week, we come to you with our takes and thoughts on the media we've consumed from screens, big and small. Uh, this week, we'll be talking about Zack Snyder's Justice League. So it's one that was should have been on the big screen and ended up on the small one. Anyways, if you like what you hear, please consider liking, subscribing, or whatever your preferred podcast service suggests. You can also find us on Facebook as Screen17 or on Instagram at Screen17Podcast, both where you can contact us, ask questions, or simply suggest topics for future episodes. As mentioned, we are talking about Zack Snyder's Justice League. Myself and Eddie had a brief spoiler-free chat last time, and we kind of gave our overall opinions about whether we liked it or disliked it so if you want to hear our opinions go back and listen to that episode but for this episode because rob wasn't available then what do you think rob can i can i actually well, just put in for two seconds oh, oh sorry uh, rob we actually have um we actually have an announcement to make in the podcast and um, i don't know if you were privy to this ray um hmm. but uh i know the the last episode of side quest heroes was our our crossover episode and after that, it was decided that we would merge the two podcasts together, uh, and that uh, Clive would his uh, his expertise would no longer be required, um, and that we were also just not going to talk about games anymore. So, um, so apart from that, everything from Psychoist Heroes is going to continue on as it was. But uh, right, just right, just right. to let everyone know that that's what that's what's happening here. So you, it's been absorbed like like a like a fetal twin, yeah. <laughs> yeah. If, if anyone was wondering why the output was so sparse, then it's it's just because it, it's moved in with us and Clive is no longer part of it, and, and, and neither are the, neither are the games. <laughs> well, we still Unless record the Batman games. Just don't upload them. <laughs> I'm I'm sure a side quest heroes will uh, pop up again. Clive, back me up here. <laughs> in, insert edit of Clyde. <laughs> Clyde. Clyde. Sorry, Clive. Uh, you said Clyde. I did. I'm sorry. Who the hell's Clyde? I was, I was. His evil twin. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking about video games. Or, or it's his replacement. Can you, Ray, can you edit people's names on this as we're going along? Because if whenever whenever Clive does do the crossover episode, he must be renamed Clyde. <laughs> Clyde. I think I I don't think I can. No, I can't. <laughs> it's a shame. Uh, so he can't. Um, actually, speaking about video games, Rob, when are you going to get your ass on with me and Eddie and play some video games? Mm. We've been playing well, some Dead by Daylight. We've been playing Fortnite. We've been playing Apex Legends. I even got Eddie playing a bit of No Man's Sky. Yeah, okay. Well, you have to tell me what game, first of all. Oh, I have downloaded true. Apex Legends. Get, um, get uh, Dead by Daylight. Dead by Daylight, yeah. It's on Game Pass. It's fun. Anyways, this is a podcast about movies and not video games. So, Rob, what did you think of Zack Snyder's Justice League, a.k.a. not Justice League? So, first of all, I did listen to the last podcast. <laughs> so, you, so you know our opinions. <laughs> yes, little prick. Is this why you um, upgraded your mic? I so <laughs> did you get my well I needed to do that anyway yes I did um what do you think I felt because I know you two guys discussed 
liberally we we both had we never really opinion. concluded on it <laughs> we both had the opinion that if you 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 dislike snyderisms but because this is a better movie we think you enjoyed this movie yeah um yeah i mean it's a mixed bag for me right this is without a doubt a much better movie hmm. uh i didn't absolutely love it maybe because it's four hours long it took ages to watch probably like seven different viewings for me to actually get through it um but my god like yeah um like now that's just the time that was in it any other week that was a bit easier maybe um probably could have got chapter by chapter and the epilogue or was it yeah mostly i mean one or two chapters i had to divide even smaller because i just didn't have the time but Mm. like this maybe it like awoke something in me where i'm like jesus joss whedon isn't a good filmmaker because comparably the action in this movie is so much better. Oh, it's fantastic. And like, it's, like, it's night and day. I think I said this on the original justice league podcast that I'm just, he, his, like his meaning Zack Snyder's style doesn't really gel with me, hmm. but I still agree that he's a good filmmaker. His style just isn't my kind of style. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, like from anything I've heard as well, he's also a great guy. Like most people who work with Zack Snyder are always happy to work with him again. There's never not really any dirt flying around about him. Mm. Um, like it's such a better movie, and I'm so glad he got to finish it, especially given like what was going on that made him not. Yeah, 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 absolutely. It, it, so, it's kind of a good resolve to everything like if you haven't on. seen Justice League, don't watch the original. Just watch this one. It's way better. Uh, mm. Like as a saying. Like Joss Whedon comparably can't do action. It kind of makes me want to go back and watch uh, Avengers again and really criticize the action and go, wow, this is like mm. paint by numbers action as opposed to, you know, Zack Snyder is very stylistic, but it yeah. looks so much better. I read somewhere, um, or better. maybe well, I've been listening to a podcast or something or a YouTube video saying that the action, this just has far more movement to it. So, for yes. example, there's scenes yep. where where someone's getting thrown against the wall. Where in the Just, Justice League, I guess is the name people are calling it Justice now. Justice League, <laughs> you, people are thrown against the wall, and then the scene cuts. You don't see them hitting the ground. Whereas in yep. Zack Snyder's Justice League, you see them hitting the wall and also smacking the ground. So you get I guess, the impact. Yeah, the term I keep well, not keep hearing, but I guess I, that comes to mind is visceral. Hmm. This is the action is much more impact heavy, exactly as you're saying, and it it. Like, okay, it's a superhero movie, so it never feels real, but hmm. it's so much better. It's just much better movie. Characterization-wise, it's a lot better as well. And it, it's so confusing as well, because you watch it, you think, like, it has its faults and all, but hmm. pretty much all the footage was here for Joss Whedon to use, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Every, as far as I know, there it, isn't that many reshoots that yeah, Zack Snyder did. Only the very end. And I, yeah. I don't know how you guys feel. I think we'll bring it up now and then just let it go but the whole controversy around who joss whedon is and who he isn't Mm. um clearly there's a lot of issues there we don't know the history of it what the story is um i mean he's not he's not the first asshole director who's ever existed in hollywood i mean like just look at sandy kubrick like if people want to drag people through exactly about their directing technique he's he's a prime example (laughs) poor man nearly sends to a nut asylum yeah, my issue with that though is that Joss Whedon always came across as being, you know, one for equal rights, one for yeah. who wrote these incredible female characters, 
I was there alongside everyone. He was just one of the guys that wanted to to make Hollywood a better place, and he was doing the absolute mm. opposite. That that's my issue with it. Stanley yeah, Kubrick never came across and tried to be, you know, say he was a great guy. Yeah, I completely agree. Yeah. Like maybe, like I was just a kid when Buffy the Vampire Slayer was out, but there was definitely a feeling that Joss Whedon was one of those sort of feminist Hollywood guys. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah, when clearly he's more the sexist, racist Hollywood guy that you we would be more likely to expect from one of the kind of white guys who runs Hollywood. Hmm. Um, but we don't know anything about it. I'd say, let's mention that, leave it there. Yeah. Um, yeah. If you're just to go on the merits of the movie, <clears throat> Zack Snyder's a way better filmmaker. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 100%. You know, just, um, yeah, yeah, no, I agree. So what, what we'll do, it's good to kind of get your thoughts and I'm glad you enjoyed it. And yeah, I guess we, we, we me and Eddie both kind of assumed you would. Um, so I guess what we're going to do is we're going to do a rundown of each part, giving them about maybe 10, no more than 15 minutes per segment and just kind of rush through it. So if we do skip over some big story beats, we apologize. <laughs> Don't say it. Cut that out. You can't say we're going to rush through this podcast. Well, it's, we're trying to keep it under. We're trying to condense four hours of movie into it's a like one a podcast. Do you guys ever do that with like a long podcast or a long like training video or something you're watching? You stick it on YouTube and you play it at two by speed or something. <laughs> I have done that with some movie reviews. I've gone forty yeah. minutes. Let's cut that down. No. To thirty. I've done a, I've done it for audiobooks. Yeah. 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 Um. Yeah. Cool. Sure. Look. Let's start from the very top. Um. The pre- prelude and part one, which um the prelude opens up, um with an incredible scene of Superman dying and. By the way, top of the episode, there are going to be spoilers. We're not holding back in this one. So if you haven't seen this, turn this off, watch it, and come back in maybe six or seven weeks when you finish watching it. Um, but yeah, that, that scene where Superman's dying and he lets out the resonating scream that can be heard around the world. Um, I saw a couple of people mention this. Like, I have to agree. How do you watch that and go, nah, Let's do this thing with the video phone and the really badly done CGI face mustache removal. Yeah. I mean, I found I, that scene to yeah. be so eerie. I was creeped out by it. And, I think it's because I mean, everything sinks out, right? That's the eeriness of it. It's yeah. the, like his scream is the only audio going on, really. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. yeah Apart from just, the, the bit of Junkie XL score. Yeah, it's beautiful, just like the way it like goes across the ocean and like certain people who can hear that frequency or, or know what's going on. You can see their reaction to it, like the Amazonians and obviously it's their mother boxes are reacting to the scream, knowing that, right. And there's no little, okay. little, little nod when it happened. Yeah. yeah. Can I ask you guys a question? What you think? Sorry. Before the nod, hmm. the whole box is waking up when I watched it the first time. I, well, sorry, I've only watched it once. And, um, but as I was watching it the first time, um, and the boxes woke up when he screamed. That kind of annoyed me a little bit. But now when I think back to it, right, mm. later in the movie, they really strongly emphasize that the boxes are a bit sentient and they yeah. want to be found. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I guess to me, that was the reasoning. But did they kind of tell you that? Did they say they woke up when they heard Superman cry? I be found. I assumed, I, I never like assuming um, to for an excuse for yeah. a film because I wouldn't <clears> do that for a film I didn't like. But when it happened, I, I said in my head, I was like, this must be the, the mother box is realizing there's not a Kryptonian on yeah. the planet anymore. Mm, mm. And so you can come and get us. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. 
Um, so yeah, that whole scene, I guess I, I can't really recall how that scene ends. I think it just basically ends with the, the black screen part one. Don't count on it, Batman. Um, so this is where we see, um, I think God, correct me if I'm wrong, Rob. Um, it's Bruce Wayne scaling the, uh, Icelandic mountain range. I think. Yeah. There's, I, yeah, there's quite an extended scene, isn't there? Um, mm. with that, because in the original, well, the original did justice league version. Yeah. Um, he's just in the village. Yeah. I, yeah. I think he's straight away, even in the pub, actually. And, and this it, one, yeah, go on. He's on a horse. <laughs> Mm, yeah, it, it actually they reminds me a little bit of the intro of Batman Begins. Do you know when um, Bruce Wayne is kind of in, well, I guess it's implied that it's Middle East somewhere yeah, um, yeah. on horseback and it's kind of him out kind of surviving for himself. It kind of showed you just like how strong Bruce Wayne Batman is as a character that he can scale these mountains and it's fucking nothing to him uh, to arrive in this very unusual village which, given the context, explains a bit more why he can, or why Aquaman is kind of plainly speaking in English, going, you're out of your mind, Bruce Wayne, <laughs> that kind of stuff. I didn't understand why they reshot a lot of this scene um, for Whedon's version, because a lot of it is really similar. They probably wanted the levity, I guess. But See, this is a question I, I wonder, right? Maybe we'll never really know, or maybe you guys already know. Uh, what was a real shot versus what did he just use the kind of what we might now interpret as the worst takes? He he reshot the scene in the kind of uh, is it, was it a bar? I guess I, I can't really remember kind of a, kind of a social pub, house. Yeah. Um, but I think the reason it was reshot is that he wanted that whole Arthur Curry pins him to the wall and Bruce Wayne goes, I hear you speak the fish. Yeah, so they reshot the whole thing for that one line. Yeah, but like yeah. it looks really unusual because as I showed you guys the screenshots, when you see Ben Affleck before and after the reshots, like he's got a ton of weight on him. His beard is bigger and everything. It looks more fake, I guess. Um, I just, yeah, I mean, for the one shot, one line to re redo that whole scene is a bit mental. Yeah. And even that line, it's very trailer mm. line, isn't it? It's the kind of thing you'd hear in a trailer and not see in the movie because they realize it's just cheese. Yeah. I think this is one of my least favorite scenes of the film, especially when we get to the incredibly indulgent Icelandic singers. Choir, yeah. <laughs> it was about 30 it seconds too long. So long. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, it was really weird. Like that one girl who picks up his like uh, Gansey and starts fucking smelling it. Like, <laughs> it's like, come on. <laughs> Jason Momoa left his jumper in your gaff. You're damn right. I'd smell it. Oh, I bet it smells like sandalwood and cigars. <laughs> I, have one of my, I have one of my very specific rants here. He doesn't take off his shoes. He has like these big heavy boots on and he keeps them on as he jumps into the ocean. You don't see him jump in the ocean. He's, pro he's propelled by his nipples, no. not his feet. I could be misremembering this scene versus the one where he's on the pier. Yeah, it's, it's definitely one where he has big heavy you see boots him, You see him go, oh, maybe. You see him go into the water in uh, Whedon's version and yeah. you can go, go into the water, but you don't see him turn around dive and swim he just disappears doesn't he yeah 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 in the Whedon version he dives in and he does that you see him actually zooming away um then in this part as well where we also see martha kent losing the the farm in smallville um that pays off later in the movie um we're also, also like a little bit where um where alfred and bruce wayne are having a conversation walking towards the airplane and 
Alfred's like you couldn't like basically going you, you couldn't be finding any of these superheroes in Santa Ponza or something now it has to be Iceland <laughs> <laughs> he's so snarky yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> um then we're given our introduction to Gal Gadot's Wonder Woman in this movie which again my god this scene is far better than than Justice League um, it's night night and day different yeah yeah just everything about it i remember sitting on the couch when i was watching this and i think when she did the whole where she was moving really fast to try and stop different things and punch people i think i actually gave a yelp on the couch and she told me to shut up i was like yeah <laughs> she's like shh stop enjoying yourself it was just so good like just the way it, it reminded me a little bit of the warehouse scene in bvs where like it just flowed the synchronicity of her thumping these guys, kicking them against the walls, you know, definitely yeah. killed a couple of them. Um, it just flowed so much better. Yeah, it did. Um, and uh, Michael McElhatton, one of our own, gets uh, gets a little bit more dialogue as well, and um, you understand. I don't believe it. <laughs> I, I and you don't get that that stupid uh, that stupid line. I I don't believe it. What are you? A believer. A believer. You get, I don't believe it. Believe it. Yeah. Although, did she need to kill him? I don't think she needed to do the whole bracelet thing and explode this building. No, it was, it was aggressive. Did you get the comical hat floating down, (laughs) swinging in the wind? (laughs) Yeah, that was ridiculous. But I guess they need to have um, a bit of a difference between her and Superman, right? Superman is the, clean cut guy and she is just to get the job done because you know if i'd let this guy go he might do this stuff again yeah i suppose look she's been through what two world wars by this time so she's probably probably well used to it um yeah and like that like yeah if you're happy to move on from that bit then we also get god in the same part the amazonians um the steppenwolf invasion of themyscira where yeah, this so cool. scene was so cool. Just the way the mother box woke up and then fucking Kieran Hines' character just like, oh, no mother box. You know? And his character's just so much cooler. Like, what, what did you guys think of Steppenwolf? Like, I much prefer the design and... in this. Yeah, I much prefer the I... design. And it... overall, I think, we'll get into it a little bit more later on, but I think you get a, more, a better understanding of his motives and where he is in the universe and... Well, obviously, he's not the greatest villain of all time, but you you can understand. There's a character there now. Yeah, if I remember later on, I have one nitpick about it that is vaguely major, but about his design in particular, I think it looks better, but ironically, Mm. still rings to my head of the Transformers movies Mm. with the Transformers, and they're just really heavily over-designed. And I think there's a little bit of that going on with his armor. Yeah, um, I mean, I like his armor. It, his armor to me feels almost like it helps kind of define his uh, emotions at the time. Like yeah. it's very similar. Like like when he's more submissive, his armor retreats, which I really like. Like when he's like in front of the sod, it retreats a little bit. But when he's in front of Dark Side, it completely goes down to where his neck and everything's exposed. Yeah. Now, I am I misremembering the Justice League? Because from memory, right, the place where they hold the mother box doesn't fall into the ocean in that one. No, it's just a random building. <laughs> Which, and I remember watching it um, when we did it for the podcast, thinking, why is this such a serious like 
sacrificed that they're closing the door. I mean, yeah, they could just bust out. Can, your man just busts out the wall. They yeah. can clearly just walk off, right? The and really cool thing I like about this totally is, is that they obviously spend a bit of time on that scene. Like the CG and that building collapsing into the ocean just yeah. looks phenomenal. It's great. But yeah. it's that um, emotional weight that is, is added by Zack Snyder of actually, you know, them closing the door isn't just closing the door. You can't just open it again. That's the yeah. building disappearing. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. When, you know, suddenly her hesitance to block the door um, and leave everyone there makes sense. Hmm. And so that's it with Zack Snyder being a better filmmaker. Not just the action, but the reason for the action is is even more powerful. Yeah. The, the one, oh, cool. Go on. Sorry, no, go ahead. Uh, I was just going to say the one other cool thing I really like about this scene and maybe the mannerisms of Steppenwolf. And I picked up on it fairly early in the movie. He's He must be based on a bull. Because anytime he's doing something, he like properly goes and like like does that weird kind of things like you'd see a bull kind of do where it kind of charges forward for a second and then runs. Like all his mannerisms are very bull-like, which I found amazing. And as he obviously look very threatening with those big huge horns on his head as well. Yeah. Um I guess what, like, it kind of goes hand in hand what I'm about to say is that the up to this point I remember going, Oh, this film feels massive like in scale that it's we've already gone from here to here to here with these incredible battle scenes and the way it's shot and the way it looks makes it look huge in scale mm, yeah whereas i know we talked about it during the the justice version uh it felt really small for mm. such an you know an epic idea of a film um and again it goes to what rob was saying that you know there's there's a big difference in the in the quality of directors on show here. Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. I mean, I'm going to be really hypocritical, right? Because I'm going to say something and it's the exact opposite. Um, the pace in this movie is better mm. for the most part with the action, okay? Yeah. Um, where it is, is it's still too long. There's lots that can be edited out, but that's the pace to pace of the scenes is better. Yeah. At the same time, there's bits in this movie, like this fight scene as well, that just don't need to be slow motion. Like I think when, what's her name? Wonder Woman's mother or adopted mother. Uh, um, oh, I just want to blank on that now, man. Um, when she's running out of the the temple, yeah, it's like it's the typical Zack Snyder slow motion, just for a few frames or a few seconds yeah. at least. And it's just there's bits, there's lots of that in the movie that are unnecessary. Mm. Um, but at the same time, this movie or sorry, this scene feels quick. It feels dangerous. It feels stressful. Um, rather the Joss Whedon one was a bit like just a carefree chase yeah no that's true you know? um, yeah then I guess look we'll move into part two uh, called the age of heroes um, this I guess is the more kind of lull after the big action packed intro um, in this section we get a, a few kind of conversations with the different parties so you have like Bruce and Alfred catching up Bruce and Diana catching up but there's scenes with Cyborg and his father Um I mean, I thought the way that they brought Cyborg into this was, well, obviously because he had more screen time, it gives you a bit more of a backstory as to how he ended up in this situation. You get a bit more understanding of how him and his father don't get on, um, which is only kind of alluded to in the la- the other Joss version. Um, you get a is- bit of it at the start when they first mm. have a conversation. You know, he goes uh, in the Justice one, he's like... Um, Oh, where you created the monster, or where the, where the monster lives, and he says you're not a monster. 
I find it funny that you thought I was talking about me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, that's a good point. I think I said it earlier as well. The general characterization in the movie's present. Whereas before, at least in the Justice League version, it's sort of like, oh, there's Cyborg. Oh, yeah. mm. And then that's it. He's on the team. Um, there's a lot more emotional weight again. And there's like the reason to convince that convinces Cyborg to join the team and why this fight is necessary. And the kind of later on resolution with his dad as well. Mm. Yeah. I wonder, I might be misremembering this as well, but I think this is the scene where he kind of starts exploring his powers a bit, where he does that really cool scene about the woman um, where the guy didn't give her the tip and Mm -hmm. she's going home and she's being evicted. So he sees all this disparity in wealth and he's able to see how he can manipulate her wealth or at least, you know, help people. And he has all this power and his responsibility is not using it, which I thought was really cool. Did anyone else have uh, Echoes of Futurama there? <laughs> no? Yeah. You remember Futurama? How to travel around the internet is you literally you stick on a VR headset and you walk around the internet. <laughs> and it was a little bit like <laughs> I don't know, Cyborg sees all the accounts and money everywhere. This, um, has, this has the only cut of the film that I find really distracting. And it's a really small one. And I'm sure no one else notices but you know when Cyborg's dad is leaving the lab, Star Lab. Oh, are you talking about the mop scene? Yeah. Yeah. Do you know as well? It was just like, you know, wait a second, he wasn't near the mop there a second ago. No, I think what the... So, Rob, the bit I'm talking about is when he goes, oh, early night for you. And he goes, yeah, early night. And then he walks away. And then the next shot you see is the mop coming down onto the ground. I was like... I feel like there needs to be a scene in between this hmm. because it goes from him saying goodbye and then the next cut is him again mopping hours up. later or something. Yeah. Yeah. In the, the same, same spot the as same well. Spot. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe he's like a Russian spy. Also, like that's metal grating. Surely a mop. Yeah, I was really worried. Watch. Like, I was there thinking, maybe this should have been you done with some sort of buffer this? or something. <laughs> yeah. Where does the, like, the mop water is going to drip down? There's probably wires under there. Yeah. Ah, look, sure. Who knows? Um, One of the big uh, money shots of this scene, or this part, really, is uh, when Diana is chatting with Bruce about, like, all, oh, do you know the recruitment? How's it going? Blah, blah, blah. Um, Where, I, as far as I remember, the scene of them walking uh, along the shore and her kind of talking doesn't come up in this. Um, but she tells... No, they have the conversation about the computer instead. Yeah, isn't it about the, the Age of Heroes? So basically all the, the big battle as to where the mother boxes actually came from and how they got onto Earth. Like, that scene is fantastic. The whole retelling, even though her... The, when Next time you listen to the scene, her dramatization of it is not how you're telling someone a story. You'd be like, you know, this happened. But she goes, and then the world of heroes came together <laughs> and pushed back Darkseid's army. Maybe she Maybe put a VR thing. headset on him. What? <laughs> Maybe she put a VR headset on him. I was like, yeah, you watch this <laughs> while I tell you what's going on. Um, well, she does the, work in a museum. Maybe she gives tours or something. I don't know. Um, I feel like the bit where he's explaining that Aquaman said no, because we got that in the trailers before the original version came out. And but it wasn't, no more and no no less no yeah yeah no no less no less <laughs> so he said no he said no yeah yeah um i like that you get a kind of a weird hint that there could have been a bubbling romance between bruce and diana in this um, yeah when she goes to grab the mouse 
Yeah, the two of them grab at the same time and go, oh, sorry, sorry, yeah. no. Um, well, they're an I, item in, um, in the new 52. Yeah, yeah, I think so. Um, yeah, I, I guess we'll focus on the, before we kind of jump into the next part, that uh, retelling of the huge fight um, where you see like all these legendary characters. So you see Zeus, you see Artemis, you even get Ares in there with um, uh, the actor's name. Yeah, with, with his face on it as well. Mm-hmm. Um, you get really cool scenes where... Is it? Yeah. Oh, wow. That's really cool. So it was kind of cool to see like these superpowers. Like Basically, they're superheroes, but... You we get think... Green Lantern as well. Yeah, yeah, there's a Green Lantern. Um, great shot where Steppenwolf actually... Or sorry, Darkseid cuts off his hand, and then he's about to grab the Lantern Ring, and Artemis' arrow shoots him right there. It's really cool. Um, that's cool. Yeah, that, that scene was just fantastic. Again, that's a film I'd watch in itself. Yeah. Absolutely, hundred percent. Um, yeah, and obviously, look at the end of that. Dark sides uh, gets an old axe to the to the old neck there. Um, I do like the. Uh, oh, the... You, you say that so lightly. That axe goes through him. <laughs> it really <laughs> does. One unhappy pappy there. I didn't know how to take that, if I'm honest, because it felt like it undermined the threat of Dark Side a little bit. Hmm. Oh, he's already been defeated. Do you know what I mean? Mm. Well, I suppose yeah, maybe I know said thousands of years ago. Um, yeah, I mean, I I can go into the. I was gonna wait till we talked about Steppenwolf a bit more later on, but I can say that the general presence of Darkseid undermines Steppenwolf, in my opinion. It's the usual problem, and I think you get it in some of the Marvel movies too, uh, or at least you totally did with the early phases right of oh here's this bad guy and he's blue and he's gonna fight the guardians of the galaxy mm-hmm. but there's this other guy sits on a chair and he's real scary too and you're like why do i care about this other bad guy then yeah uh, i don't care about Steppenwolf because there's dark side and he's really the bad guy i, I suppose the, the whole thing that, though, is that it's really hard to do world building if you don't do things like that it is and i'm I'm not saying I know how, I just, I think it's a really hard thing to weigh up. And I think some ways, as you say, said, Ed, it kind of does. It, you know, gives it a bit more weight to it, builds the world more. And other, at other moments, um, it takes away from it just that little bit. Sure. Um, so it, it's a, there's a fine balance there to be made, I think. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, then into part three, part three, uh, beloved mother, beloved son, uh, I was a bit confused about part two, actually. There, I think this is the part where we actually get Cyborg's uh, exploration of his abilities more than anything else. Um, but also in this part, we get a far better introduction to Barry Allen and mm-hmm. what his powers and backstory actually is. And how, why was this scene cut from Justice League? Oh my God. Like, uh... even if, if you've no interest in watching this, movie just watch the scene because it's really cool i completely get why this was not in it i'm not saying i agree mm. it has no bearing on the plot whatsoever no oh doesn't. absolutely right. i mean yeah. but visually it's 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 a feast for the eyes i think this oh, um, it's, a, it's a fantastic scene i love it um i just i i completely understand why it wasn't in yeah for, for what they said what they wanted they wanted a two-hour film this has no place in that film if that's what you want so question for you did this feel visually significant or different in comparison to the x-men's quicksilver scenes i think this looks better 
Yeah. Uh, the X-Men Quicksilver yeah. scenes always had a bit of a comical, like he's just fast. It, there was no force that he was pulling from. Whereas this, I think you understand that Barry's speed is intrinsically linked to the speed force. So when he's moving, he's actually causing the the, the space and the, and the world around him to change. So like, that's why there's the lightning when he's moving fast rather than someone like Quicksilver who's just, you know, quick, quick. Yeah, he's I agree. And, like he's tearing up the tarmac with his feet. Like, yeah. Well, his shoes explode, right? Like, yeah, in yeah. fairness, in actuality, isn't probably all of his clothes would just burst into flames, right? So probably should have, yeah. But <laughs> let's not nip nitpick a movie where you have a guy who enters a different dimension to move super fast. Yeah. Um. It's just it's so fun. It's such a great scene. And well, um, the fact that yeah. Iris West is the one who actually causes the bloody car accident because she can't be here staring at the road. Let's not, uh, <laughs> it, it's totally her fault. <laughs> like she's just there looking at him, pulling out into moving traffic going, no, no, no. And this poor truck driver just having a bit of a sandwich. Like, I really like that. He, I like the hot dog bit where he, you know, he's in a pet shop beforehand. He's trying to get a job. And then there's a lot of hot dogs flying around and he grabs one and it's paid off then that he, he brings the hot dog back to the dog calm them yeah, down show and, how great. And, yeah. and I also like that he puts Iris into the brace position exactly mm-hmm. and you know that's a good point Ed it not only shows that you know he can do all this cool stuff in the speed force when he's helping people but mm-hmm. he has obviously enough experience with it that he can think ahead and act positively later on in life yeah. just after he's done but like just a simple thing of oh wait I need to get this job so I better pick up some hot dogs while I'm here yeah and that's you know, the good thing about save the girl thing yeah, and I, I, I like exactly what you're hitting on there. It's, it's like he's already in tune with his abilities rather than it feels like he's only discovering them in Justice League. Like he knows that he can manipulate time. He knows how fast he can run. That's why he has a special suit. So he's already been the Flash for a period of time that he's comfortable. Like he doesn't have to prove anything really. Um, I think, oh, exactly. And I, I think Miller's performance in it is... Like I, I liked him in in the uh, the original Justice League version, but I think you get so much more in this that is paid off in dividends for me because I was so emotionally attached to the character of Barry Allen. This through the dialogue, through the action, and through Ezra Miller's performance. Yeah, um, it's just you know you again we'll talk about it again later on. But like I think you care so much more about what happens in this film, even though the general structure and general plot line beat for beat is the same yeah yeah you just care far more and i think a lot of that has to do with um the the extra padding you're given for characters like the flash yeah absolutely i mean it's it's the groundwork that should have been done in a standalone movie that i think Zack snyder managed to get into as short a time scale as possible um so that's definitely something to take from it I think um, the next the bit right after that is where they the um oh god I always I always blank on their names. What are the big bugs? Parademons. The parademons are taking the the um the Atlanteans out of the water is oh, creepy. Yeah. Oh my hell. god, yes. it, yeah. They're just dragging them out. Yeah. There there's like some really stunning CG work in that part as well. Like there's a great scene where 
I think it's Steppenwolf is walking towards like the Atlantean that's been thrown against the rock and it's like his head's already busted open. But this is a CG character walking through a real life puddle and it's actually making like ripples. It's like, whoa, that's fucking crazy. And it's in and like that, bright daylight. And that throw, we were talking about a bit about, you know, the, the action and the weight and stuff. And the yeah. throw, throwing the Atlantean against the brick or the, the wall. Yeah, yeah, wall, yeah. Big stone. Yeah, and you uh, probably see it. It's blood bursting out his back. Mm, great little um, mini Easter egg here for anyone who's seen the movie and doesn't really get this, but I uh, hope you guys saw it as well. Is the mechanical Starrows? I was like, when that happened, I was like, this is going to be disgusting. And then luckily it wasn't. Yeah. You know, I was thinking it was going to go down the mouth or something horrible. Mm-hmm. So I wonder, like, is that going to be retconned it to be like, oh, Dark Side or Steppenwolf developed this technology based on Starro. Maybe Starro was, you know, captured by Darkseid or his planet was taken over at one point and this is what they developed. Anyways, sideline, that was a really cool Easter egg that I liked. Um yeah, Speaking so what's Easter eggs? We've we've already skipped by have we? Has he come up yet? Sorry, go on, Ray. I'll bring it up again if if if, if... Yeah, I think I know what you're gonna bring up. But anyways, we but in this chapter then we see Steppenwolf um basically take the mother box from atlantis in what is a really really cool fucking scene um i also liked the way atlanteans speak to each other underwater um i think i prefer it to the way that it was done in aquaman where they're just able to talk i disagree i think think it makes sense that they would whistle and click like dolphins i think it's very convoluted and i Listen, if you're if you're looking for um, what is plausible and what can work in what <laughs> what the real world is, no, honestly, like that's fine. Like, I, I, I do. No, get yeah, the idea, no, but, but I, I think there's room here. there. Hold on, two seconds. Yeah, I remember James Wan just went when he saw this. He went to, to um, DC and was like, "Do I have to do that?" And they're like, "No, okay, I'm, I could I'm just going to yeah. talk." <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah, I, um, I agree, Ed. Uh, but like, it's like, uh, is it Hunt for Red October where they do that? They start off the scene when they move to the Russians and they're talking Russian, and then they kind of just slowly speak English. And then when you see them again, they're speaking English. But it's inferred that they're always speaking Russian. Oh, right. and I think I'd you could take them with Ackerman too. You could assume that they're doing clicks and whale noises. Probably, that's fair but, enough. You know, same with Valkyrie, where at the start of it is. Um, you know, Valkyrie is about the uh, assassination attempt of Hitler, yeah. and uh, it's Tom Cruise playing the I can't remember the the character's name, mm. but the start of it is Tom Cruise doing a narration in German. You know, slowly starts fading into English, and I was yeah. like, that, "That's all I need. Just yeah, just acknowledge it. Acknowledge that you're an American doing a fucking American accent in this German." <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's fair. Um, yeah. but yeah, no, the 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 fight scene where Steppenwolf takes the the mother box from Atlantis. One really cool part I actually liked in this scene was where Steppenwolf throws Mira against the wall, and he goes up to choke her, and she creates an air bubble around him, but then starts pulling the water from his body. I was like, "Oh my god, that's really cool." <laughs> Yep, that's awful. Just, he's he's just like Rrr! he like punches her. Then <laughs> what was he like? Just, like <laughs> <laughs> we have the download of that. I think he went <laughs> like a bull, <laughs> <laughs> and he was all smash, grab. Then I was like, <laughs> and then Mir was all, Whoosh. yeah. <laughs> Who am I, Michael Bay? <laughs> Do you want to talk yeah, about that? Um, 
cameo Ed, um, before I move on to chapter four. Because I yeah. think that happens before this, the dark side, or sorry, the Steppenwolf raid on Atlantis. Well, we also, we can we don't need to talk about it long, but we also get more backstory with um, Cyborg in the football game. Yes. Playing for Gotham City and the car crash that happened there after that. Yeah, uh, yeah pretty cool. Yeah, there's one thing I'd like to say about that. Um, so, yeah, Cyborg grew up in Gotham, but he doesn't seem to know who Batman is. What the fuck? He was a good boy. He, you know, he didn't uh, commit any crimes. He, he was a, uh, you know, great. No, 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 no. He no. didn't get into problems with Batman. <laughs> I mean, where's that mention? I think I missed that. No, no there's, I'm nearly certain there's just a moment where he's like uncertain about who Bruce Wayne is or Batman is. Now, mm-hmm. I could be misremembering, but I do remember watching it and thinking, how doesn't he know who he is? Yeah. Like, even if he didn't encounter him. He would have heard about this. Yeah, especially if Batman's been operating Gotham for, what, 20 years or something as he's supposed to be? Yeah, it's implied he's an old Batman. Yeah, don't know. I'll have to watch out for that next time I watch it. Yeah. Um, the It's not even a cameo. He's in it. A, he, this character's in it a good bit, but I'm I'm not um, I'm not so in with the comics that I'd recognize uh, some character names. Um, Ryan Choi? Ryan Choi. Oh, Ryan he Choi plays uh, the Adam. The, yes. So he is... Um, He's like the assistant for Cyborg's dad in this, you know, the Asian, yeah, 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 Asian American who's in it, uh, played by Ryan uh, Zhang. Um, so he's playing basically a character who becomes the Adam. Mm, yeah, that was. Really uh, cool. that was, that was oh, that's really cool. Like you don't need to do this in these films. Um, I love that stuff. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's again, it's all part of world building. Um, speaking of world building change machine is the name of part number four thanks that was a good segue in there um, uh, <laughs> yeah, oh my god for a second wasn't it huh we sounded like a real podcast for a second there and then yeah, Ray had to yeah. come with that. Mm. so anyways part four this is where we um we finally get wonder woman batman flash and cyborg meeting up for the first time and fighting steppenwolf for the first time um, which I believe happens under. I keep thinking this is this is what New York one is called, and it's not that one. It's the other one, Rikers Island, or Strikers Island. It's not Strikers Island, so it must be Rikers Island. Strikers Island, in New York, New York. It's one I of the. Don't know. Look, either way, Riker is the guy who made Wolverine, right? Yeah. But what's what's quite... the island of of um, Gotham? God, Ed, I'm surprised you don't know this. Um, anyways, well, look, I mean, the if island... I hadn't brought it up, we wouldn't be fucking stared at by everyone listening now. <laughs> You're all li- listening. <laughs> okay. Rikers Island is a real place. <laughs> Sorry to anyone who lives in New York. So it must be Strikers Island then. Um, anyways, look. So th- this is where they do. Um, they rescue the the scientists that have been kidnapped from Star Labs, and. This probably has a change in it, Eddie, that you're probably not going to be a fan of. I don't know. We didn't really talk about this, but the part you really like the bit where Flash was like, I don't I've never been in a fight. I don't know what to do. And Batman's like, save one. Just save one. Yeah, I did. I did miss that in this. But yeah. I overall, I think the scene is, again, we keep saying night and day, but it is. Yeah. It, I remember yeah. so much more about this. And you also get the great line where um, the Wonder Woman says, we go in together. Mm, yeah. Later on, you the know, Flash is like, 
this isn't together, guys. <laughs> the absence of that uh, Flash thing goes into what we were saying earlier. If you're going to tell us that Flash is clearly like comfortable with his powers mm. and comfortable saving people, he shouldn't be so scared running into a building and grabbing someone and running away. Exactly. Um, yeah, it wouldn't. That that scene wouldn't follow after Iris West. It wouldn't. It's. Yeah. I don't have a problem with either one. Uh, th- I think it's just noticeable that obviously these are conscious decisions the director made about what the character is. Mm. And Joss Whedon figured the Flash was more new. Yeah. He, he treated him more like Spider-Man Jr. Like Spider-Man, yes. even proto-Spider-Man. Yeah. Um, like the comic relief, new kid on the team kind of character. I will um, say, right, so the one of my favorite memes to have come out since this film so you know the way that they have to go up into this sewer yeah it's like a big kind of exit yeah something yeah so there's a massive staircase that they need to go up to get to the point (laughs) yeah right so they're slowly walking up these steps right and someone it's batman then it's wonder woman then it's cyborg then it's the flash Flash, yeah and someone just said um you could be an amazonian god that can leap over buildings in one mound, or one like one one leap. Right, yeah. You can be uh, a sentinel being uh, with uh, jetpacks and uh, jet fuels coming out of your feet. You could literally be the fastest man in the world, but when Batman is walking up steps, you walk behind him. <laughs> <laughs> it's so true. <laughs> yep. Um, yeah, I mean, I like this fight in general. I mean, it 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 was. The, the start of the fight was definitely much more of a change than the kind of the end. The end kind of played out roughly the same with Steppenwolf grabbing the, the missile midair, using that to blow the, the tunnel, and then Cyborg taking control of the Nightcrawler, I think it was called, uh, to crawl up, and then Aquaman obviously assisting with the stopping in the water. I really always found this weird that Aquaman just rocks up here. Um, we actually, so we, we've skipped my favorite line in the film. I think it's my favorite line. Oh, yeah? It's um, when Batman recruits Barry Allen. <laughs> and then they're coming back and they're coming out off the plane. And you see Wonder Woman walking up towards him to greet them. And Barry Allen just goes, oh, my goodness. <laughs> <laughs> I think I'm not, I'm not going to lie, but I think that's a normal reaction to Gal Gadot absolutely, absolutely. I mean uh, there's not there's not a, you love that yeah yeah it's not there's the person a, in the house great, couldn't say that there's a great boisterousness to um, Ezra Miller and the way he plays the character like mm. he is almost at the top of his voice voice sorry saying does she know you're Batman <laughs> <laughs> I was like, there's, there's definitely baggage handlers around. <laughs> yeah, but you know that, that's a great way that comic is comic relief is done in this. Like even the, when the bat symbols in the sky and he goes, "Oh, is it? that's your thing." Oh, shh, shh, you're bad, yes, <laughs> like it's just that's like funny, but it doesn't have to be like slapstick. Um, yeah. He's anyways, so um, still, just the oh my goodness line. I just I cry. <laughs> laugh, laugh, like, it's so like it's such a non-threatening. Um, a non-threatening way of displaying your appreciation for someone's looks. Yeah. <laughs> then, um, yeah, yeah. Continuing on part four, just to kind of uh, get through this bit. This is where we get the ever rumored scene of Martha and Lois Lane having a conversation, which not only the conversation is better 
than the one that was in Justice League. I mean, I think we were talking about that before where, oh, she was so reliant on Superman that she quit writing and she's just writing puff pieces. Whereas this, no, she's actually dealing with the consequences of it. She's living through the grief. She also Mark, had yeah. a, uh, a pregnancy test. Yes. Oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, you see that in one brief blink and you miss it shot. And I, I will I said to, don't forget to make me go back into that later on because I will tell you another Easter egg that's there. Cool. Um, I think um, I said that in the original podcast we did, the fact that, you know, Lois Lane would be better than that. Yeah, yeah, and, absolutely. Okay, they, didn't, they didn't quite do that, but they did just allow her to kind of fall into a pit, which is which I still think is better. There's still like a real heaviness to the emotion as opposed to, ah, sure, I'll just get on with my life and live things a little bit easier. Yeah, yeah. Which was the Justice League thing. Yeah, and I guess the the whole pregnancy thing as well made it the grief twofold. You know, not only did she lose the person she was in love with, she that she lost the father of this person's child, um, or the father of the child. Uh, yeah, so we're like we can come back to that, Eddie, um, later. But also... The other amazing thing that we got in this was the ever-rumored Martian Manhunter cameo. Uh, we, we've all seen kind of the storyboard bits that were floating around the internet for months and months before this was even rumored to happen. And it happened exactly like it was storyboard. He closes the door and leaves. He turns into the Martian Manhunter and then he turns back into... Oh, Christ, I can't remember the guy's name, the general. Um, but turns back into the general who's featured prominently in uh, Man of Steel and bvs actually is he in bvs maybe he's not he is bvs yeah that's a question i have for you guys is he is it telling us that the general was always the martian manhunter i think so yeah or yeah i think that was always the 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 plan because yeah so john johns was basically exiled by his people to earth and Basically, he just lived among humans, and because he has shape shifting ability, he wanted to take up a military role and be able to look after the planet in kind of an incognito but important way at the same time. Um, like everyone else, right in this scene, I geeked out because I was like, "Oh my god, it's Martian Manhunter!" But it is the one part of the film where I went, I do look back and go, "That doesn't work," mm. because why? Is he going to talk to Lois Lane? I know they have a relationship, but how does he know all this stuff that Martha's meant to know? Yeah. Um, it's a much more impactful scene if it's Martha. Yeah. Much more. I do agree with that. I, I think if, obviously, if the future played out the way it was supposed to play out and we were going to get part two and three, I think that would have paid off more. But I think if Zack Snyder was... um, uh, Kind of... What's the word I'm looking for? Uh not resolved or kind of I'm looking for the word that basically he knows nothing else is going to come after this. Resided? On. <laughs> is that it? I don't know. Go ahead. And Anyways, let's just say Yeah, if he if he if he knew that this was only going to be a one shot thing, then I I agree that that Martian Manhunter scene probably should have been taken out and it probably should have been left that it was actually Martha visiting her. Yeah, I think even the one at the end as well could probably be taken out. You well, know, that wasn't long actually, movie. That wasn't actually supposed to be Martian Manhunter at the end. That was supposed to be Green Lantern. Yeah, and Warner Brothers said, "Don't put that in. We have plans for Green Lantern." It was supposed to be Ryan Reynolds and uh, John Stewart. So I'm not lying. That's what it was meant to be. That'd be mad. Yeah, um, yeah, that's fair enough. But yeah, I think you're right. Um, it's funny. It's nice little scene, but doesn't need to be there. Mm. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah, and I guess, look, this also has the part where um, Steppenwolf discloses to Darkseid that he's found the anti-life equation on Earth, and the, uh, there's also this another was the scene. Time, this was the first time I was like, oh, th- did they not always know it was Earth? <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. I was really surprised at that. I was like, the, the one planet that defeated you, and you don't know that it's i i got the feeling that they obviously conquer so many planets like thousands all the time that they just fell into obscurity and dark side was the only one that knew that was it because remember when he jumps out of the the thing and he hits the ground he sees the design he's like this is it this is the planet but then he gets injured and taken away and they obviously lost the coordinates of the planet but but again we're that's what you said eddie that you hate doing it yeah zoom a lot to make the this plot is a hole really work. yeah this is a really loose thread to me i think it's actually a big plot hole if you took such a grievous in- injury somewhere you you take note of that place even if the anti-life equation wasn't there you'd mm. plan to come back and kick ass just to deal with the people who annoyed you um the fact that his big anti-life equation was there means they should have just went okay go into our little computer here and click save <laughs> back yeah. this file up somewhere and go yeah this is the one we need to go to back to guys yeah that, yeah. that dark seed need, dark side needs to be reminded of the fact that it's earth by steppenwolf i just i couldn't really get my head around yeah i can forgive it because they do try and explain it but i think it could have been written far better yeah yeah absolutely um, i also by the way we haven't <laughs> talked about this yet but the the design of dark side is incredible yeah i love it Especially the, the kind of the molten lava, yeah, he's coming through the you know, whatever it is, the, the magic mirror on the wall. Oh, that's the sad, isn't it? No, but he he's also in it because remember he when he's told about the equation being found. Oh, right, right, right. Uh, yeah. Sad get goes to get uh, Dark Side, and then Steppenwolf like gets in his knees. Yeah, yeah, and that's that's the scene I love where his whole armor retracts down to yeah. just below his shoulder line. Yeah, it's like a submissive move. Yeah, you're right. I like it because it's kind of understated. Like mm. when you have these big CGI villains and they're just big gray masses of muscle, it's hard to differentiate them at all. Mm. But there was like a, you, there was a uniqueness to Darkseid. And it wasn't just like, look at the amount of muscle he has or the amount of rippling cracks and things on his skin. Mm. Um, he doesn't have to be overly designed and he wasn't. So yeah, yeah. It, he worked. Yeah. Um, it's really also, cool. he used to say that uh, Steppenwolf doesn't have a bit of a thing for Darkseid and that he wanted to show him a bit of shoulder action. We never actually are told what uh, Steppenwolf or Darkseid's gender is. So we're assuming yeah, an awful lot about anything. these aliens. That is true. Darkseid could be a girl for all we know. Anyways, um, in part four, uh, we round up part four with the team basically, right, uh, I guess after Cyborg explains the mother box and the origin and how he was made, um, the team come up with a plan that basically they can resurrect Superman using one of these butter boxes. And that brings us into part five titled all the King horses, which I guess is a reference to Humpty Dumpty. All the King's horses couldn't put Humpty back together again. Um, Not really sure because they did put him back together again. So I don't know why it was called that. Uh, Yeah. I mean, you don't remember those last few pages of the kids' book where you put Humpty Dumpty back together again and he turns into an evil monster and murders everybody? 
Oh yeah, the Zack Snyder's Humpty Dumpty. They they often cut that out. This is because it's one of the Grimm's fairy tales. <laughs> he basically he's put back together again. And he actually a little Easter egg on Humpty Dumpty. It's never inferred that Humpty Dumpty is actually an egg. No, it's never. It was no. a really short rhyme. Um, the assumption. I was reading loads of articles in this before for some reason. Um, they think it might have been a cannon. Hmm. Maybe. They don't know. Um, I do like that. I liked the bit in the uh, the Justice League version where um, Wonder Woman basically said we shouldn't be doing this. Yeah. Um, uh, and I was disappointed it was taken out, but then they replaced it with the scene with Alfred saying, "You know, your your guilt is outweighing your reason." Hmm. Um. So I liked that they did bring it up because it, it, for a little bit of time there, it seemed like no one was going to question this. Yeah. Bring- back from the dead is that where alfred says the line um don't wave the, the red, red tape, tape if, yeah. if you're not ready to face the bull i think it was said better than that but yeah i think that's <laughs> thank <laughs> eddie i was just paraphrasing yeah, <laughs> you're I, fascination yeah. with bulls today don't you but like maybe that's where the bull reference comes from like honest to god when we watch this again look at steppenwolf's mannerisms they're all bull-like <laughs> jesus christ <laughs> What's going on? <laughs> <laughs> Look, let's just grab the bull by the horns and get on with this. You know, come on. Oh, I still have it all right. I can talk about his bull. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what does the bull do, Ray? <laughs> Anyways, part uh, five. This is where we resurrect Superman. Mean- yeah, but, but um, I like the. I we're we're getting into now the where the scene where they um they take Superman uh like they grave rob him. Yeah. I actually prefer this version as well, where there's a bit more to it, and you realize that Diana and Arthur are both there as well, mm. um watching. <laughs> but uh, the the conversation between the Flash and Cyborg is great as well. Um, it's done more tactfully. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I enjoyed that, and then you you get a bit of a, a history of um, the is it Diana saying that they fought? No, the it wasn't it um, Atlanteans and um, Amazonians that had a, a war before. Yeah, and Arthur yeah. Had a, a, a war. Was it? wasn't I can't remember the exact phrase, but there's some you know there's some phrase that she says is like, "Oh, my people say bloody bloody blah." An artist like, yeah, we say the exact same thing. Um, or maybe mm. vice versa. And yeah. yeah, it's a nice thing, as you were saying, it links nicely to the past um of, you know, the last alliance of humans, superheroes, and gods mm. um fight the evil Sauron slash Dark Side. And now uh, this is the last vestiges of them that can fight. Yeah, yeah. Um thousands of years later. Yeah, it's a nice mirror there. Um, you know, nice continuation of the story. Yeah, um, there's a line with something like if you're trying to fight a war with cows, maybe you need to try and find some bulls. <laughs> Are you mocking me? <laughs> um, yeah, the the, re- the reanimation of Superman in this uh, the lead up to it has some really cool bits. Um, there's callbacks to um, Man of Steel, where there's one of the pods not only open in the background, but the same pod where Clark brushes his hand across it and he sees the corpse of the Kryptonian. That same pod is visible in as they're walking up to the um, uh, uh, the 
life chamber, mm-hmm. I guess the, it's called. The, the dust is exactly the same. Mm. Where yeah. he wiped his hand across, that, that his fingerprints are still there. It's oh, so that's good. Cool, cool, just those little touches. Mm. There's so much care and craft put into this film. Yeah. Um, and then this is where we get the first hint at the, I say, the consequences or the abilities that Barry can tap into. So he obviously can run so fast that he can at will bend time and go back or reset it to a point where he needs to be. So obviously when he's running, uh, he, he obviously goes down the end of the world ship or whatever it's called, uh, change engine, and then starts running up. And then he misses the beat, I think, but then slowly reverses time. So by the time he hits Cyborg and charges it, it's perfectly tapping the water. And obviously mm-hmm. that's foreshadowing something that happens at the end of the movie. Yeah. Um, uh, just on that as well, that is a really nice moment for another reason in that it's like, it's good fan service. Because it doesn't have to do the whole nod, wink, elbow, elbow thing. It just allows any fan who re- has read a bit of DC to go, oh yeah, there could be consequences to this. And maybe Flash will either cause something to happen by accident or purposefully yeah. do something wrong and change things. Yeah. Um, yeah. So yeah, that's a really um, nice moment. Let's, yeah, it's uh, really... let's, let's quicken it up a little bit. Yeah. Um, so basically what happens then, um, obviously the Superman fight kicks off. It's basically very similar to the other fight there's a it's less comedy we don't get that whole batman thing going yep something's definitely bleeding um which i know what you're devastated about eddie um <laughs> but no, no, no the fight the fight plays out pretty well it still keeps that amazing scene where the flash is it's running exactly the same. it's exactly yeah. the same i suppose the only difference is he's literally about to kill batman until he sees lois yeah uh, which was really cool that was actually intimidating like very very scary and then he obviously whoosh, Offs with Lois and uh, snaps out of it. Um, I think that was mainly. Sorry, he does what with Lois? He's like, (laughs) gonna have to be more clear there. That's (laughs) he. I don't think this is an X-rated podcast. So (laughs) okay, he flies uh, away with Lois. Gonna have to cut that one out for the kids. Okay, Um, yeah. So that's kind of. All that really happens in part five, it kind of leads up to that. Um, The funny thing actually leaning into that is this is also where Bruce has the second nightmare sequence, isn't it? Mm -hmm. Yeah, Um, where you see Wonder Woman Woman with the the coins in her eyes. Yeah. uh, And and, Uh, yeah. And with the... I don't know who is it meant to be Lois or Harley Quinn. I can't remember. I don't know which. What? Do you know when Superman's holding the body in his arm? Oh, it's supposed it's to be Lois. Lois. Yeah, it looks like she's blonde hair. No, it's it's Lois, and that's actually inside the Batcave as well. Because in the back right of that scene, you can actually see Robin's uniform. Oh. And also, funny enough, the shot of Superman crying is taken from Man of Steel after he snapped Zod's head. They digitally imposed. Um, Darkseid's hand, putting his hand on his shoulder after that, which I thought was pretty cool. Very, very clever way of bringing it back in. Um, I guess this hints that every time Barry Allen uses his uh, time travel abilities, Bruce is getting premonitions of the next possible future. Yeah. Um, so anyways, this this is what leads into the title of part six, where Bruce goes, no, it's something else, something darker. Um, 
so this is the film is basically oh, yes, I guess you call it its penultimate kind of scenes leading up to the the fight at the end. Um, Superman rocks. Batman keeps talking about fate, which I I really liked. Yeah, yeah, it's just like you know what makes you think you can do this. You know, got fate, Alfred, and they fly off. Um, I think they fly from Gotham to this Soviet era ish town. Well, we can I just go back one little bit because we're yeah, skipping over the whole um the heart of Cyborg in this movie, which is where had he find the Soviet town in the first place? Um, mm-hmm. when his dad dies. Yeah. So uh, this wasn't in the Justice League version. Now, correct me if I'm wrong. This was in the trailer for the original movie, right? Yes. Where it was definitely you didn't see him explode. You didn't see his dad explode. No, you definitely see, saw his, like his face peeling or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um. So there's a nice moment there where you know maybe Cyborg gets that resolution of his dad isn't a monster. He just mm. loves him a lot, yeah. and he made a really terrible decision, but he's also capable of really good decisions, and he basically heats up the mother box to be the hottest thing in the solar system and give them a way to find it. Yeah. And he knew that was the only thing he could do that was left because he'd get killed by Steppenwolf anyway. Mm. So the last thing he could do in his life was to save the world by allowing them to find the mother box when Steppenwolf got it. Classic, that's how they find Classic the Miles head. Dyson move. I, no, 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 no. So yeah, part six is our big old fight. So this is where they land on this um, Eastern European ex-Russian town. They have the big old fight with the power demons trying to get to the mother boxes, basically to um, separate them. And yeah, this this scene is just far better. It's just like, I, I don't want to sound like a broken record, but yeah, night and day again. Yes, yeah, it's very um... Yeah, this has uh, the score for this bit in the film is just mind blowing for me. I love it, um, but I love when Batman lets them off the Batwing. I'm just gonna say the Batwing. I, I, I'm sure it's not the Batwing, but whatever. Um, Flying Fox. Uh, it's called. That's the one. The Flying Fox. Yeah. yeah. And they're like, "What?" Well, he's like, "Go with the plan. Just go with the plan. Don't worry about me. I'll I'll, I'll do what I need to do." Don't even bother coming back. Um, and then he flies off and he that bit where he's destroying the or he's trying to destroy the shield to get into the tower. Mm-hmm. And uh, it, he, he goes, so you're, you're going to kill yourself. He just goes, I just need to knock louder. I was like, that's so cool. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, and then when he lands and the scene where um, they're wondering where he is and if he's OK, he's like, I've just bought you time. Go. Mm. and um, he just says they're here and he turns the lights off and I was in when I was watching I was like Batmobile's gonna come the Batmobile's gonna be here the Batmobile's gonna be here and then the lights come on and he just mows them over I was like Fuck <laughs> that. that was the one bit in the film where I went yes come on yeah it really makes Batman Batman into a badass in this movie <laughs> but um, I mean you don't get any of these moments in the other version you don't get the build up to have those bits of a late yeah even um batman almost he exclusively plays a support role outside for most of the fight right he's like climbing the tower and he steals one of their guns and starts mowing the guys down with it mm, yeah and destroys it um yeah it, yeah i mean like that is the surprising how much it's gone like he knows right i don't have superpowers i can't do this but i can give them a fighting chance you know yeah. he's trying to still 
um, atone for what he's done over the last few years. Like he's really trying to make up for it, even if he dies in the process. Maybe he feels like that's his um, retribution is that he has to die in this battle. And luckily enough, he doesn't. Um, I also quickly got over the owl man suit he's wearing. Yeah, yeah. It doesn't bother me in the slightest, to be honest. Never did. So long as he doesn't have sex with Wonder Woman in that plane while listening you know, to the plane phone shoot outside. Yeah. It's okay. Woodwatch. Woodwatch. <laughs> uh, yeah, not going to lie. Woodwatch that too. Um, yeah, this is where like we get the really cool bit where we think it's all over. They're not a fighting hope here. And they're about to separate the mother boxes and Steppenwolf is about to take an axe to Cyborg and then whing right down on Superman's shoulder blade. Yeah. I think maybe that maybe I'm speaking too 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 kind of um soon about this, but I think that's supposed to mirror Darkseid getting the axe and like being kind of gruesomely in, impaled and f- dead from yeah. to almost to the point like oh what was that? Not not a, not even a, not even a bat. It's in the exact same place. And I absolutely love how he destroys the axe. Then he just blows on it. She didn't ha- haven't gotten to see that power yet. Yeah. And then he just two hands smash. <laughs> he smacks this it's guy around so like a toddler. God, yeah. <laughs> and it like that's the real issue with Superman is he's just so powerful. But yeah, contriving a way to get him to only show up at the end works here yeah um so it's like a, it was like a you know a little lamb versus a bull it was that kind of <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> christ can we drop the bull thing I just, look it's what i saw it's no, just, because it's remember steppermuth is the bull so in this case yeah, <laughs> guy clark the... is the china shop right <laughs> too tempting um but yeah the, the whole kind of thing where everyone's doing their part to take um Steppenwolf down, like uh, they've got the portal open and everything. So Superman smacked him around. Um, I can't remember who breaks off the horn. Or he doesn't. It's Superman as well. He he uses his heat, the heat. Um, oh, his heat vision. Yeah, he burns it off. Are we actually, I'm I, I for trying to keep along with some bits. I've forgotten. I have it on the background here, and um, there's a bit where I forgot that in the chase scene, Batman actually like moves the car with um, one of the oh god why am i power demons power demons thank you um, don't worry it's your heflopod there there you go they're flying beside him and he realizes that one is really close to the ground so he moves the car over to run over him <laughs> <laughs> it's amazing and then uh the i, I also love, i also love the bit where he he has aquaman on the car with him and uh, he bursts through a wall and starts firing. And Aquaman just turns around and goes, "You really are a crazy bit, uh, or is it Batman? No, you really are out of your man, Bruce Wayne." That's it. And Bruce Wayne just goes, he just smiles. No, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's pretty That's cool. The most emotion you get from Batman. So yeah. good. Um, yeah. Then the, the culmination, I guess, is yeah, Superman smashes Steppenwolf's axe smacks him around, burns off his horn and he's swinging them to throw him back through the, the boom tube, I guess, portal. And But just before he does that, Wonder Woman comes through and whip off with his head and look, Steppenwolf got what he wanted. He came home to Apocalypse. Just not in one piece. Uh, Darkseid's going to be devastated. <laughs> Apocalypse on the other hand. <laughs> you know, he's going to be really annoyed, isn't it? Wrong franchise. Yeah. 
No, the world is called Apocalypse. Oh, you're right. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. Um, Being a fool. Um, there is a bit in this scene that really, I really hate it because it's so it's such a lazy schlock scriptwriter thing of, do you know what one of these uh, parademons can do? They can shoot the flash with a regular gun. Oh man, that guy's getting a promotion from Darkseid. Like, have you ever taken a light and just like swung it around real fast? It very quickly becomes a circle. I know. Right? You but can't it... actually tell where the fucking light is. It was a one in a million. There's no way. This I didn't mind it. Like, like, I didn't really mind it because I felt like he was he was just shooting at where he thought it might end up. Yeah. It wasn't. Why not just have it as like we've got the place rigged with explosives, boom, uh, and a load of explosives. I'm, I'm that, very like I that that really doesn't bother me in the slightest. Um, like there were so many of them, one of them was going to get lucky. I didn't. I, I really didn't mind it. And the, the what it led to was a point in the film where I was properly like against my better judgment, fearing for Barry Allen. You know. Mm. Um, and when he is basically lying to the Justice League, saying, I just need a minute, I just need a minute. Yeah, then I'm fine, I'm fine, I'm fine. And they're like bleeding out. Um, and the panic in his voice when he's saying it as well. I was like, mm-hmm. oh, don't, don't get me wrong. I, I think getting him injured in some way is really made it more impactful, made him have to sacrifice his body and his health. That again, it was another thing of, I could die if I do this, but I have to. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, especially given how far he has to go, and again, as you were saying, Ray, this is the bit that was um, foreshadowed. He has to go so far into the Speed Force to travel through time again. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I just don't like how they contrived him to be injured. Didn't make any sense to me. I think another few passes in that part of the script would have made it way better. Yeah, I mean, like it, it again, like it doesn't bother me to the point where I think it just showcased one or two more of his abilities, like uh, his absolute like super healing ability. Like how quick that wound he recovered, even though they were past the point of no return, he saw an out, which was, I'm not going to make it in time unless I break this rule, but I need them to die so I can heal so I can go back and save them, which I thought was just pretty mental. That's a good point. And actually, that's overall, like, that's a great point to land on because it shows how much better this movie is at showcasing the powers of the various superheroes Mm. it's always hard to have these movies compare power levels correctly and they never will because it's really hard Mm. but like the fact that wonder woman is a bit more ruthless and batman is just like a good detective you know he actually got to be a detective in this movie like find things out bring people together cyborg you got to see him literally living in cyberspace um Aquaman, eh, okay, we, I suppose he had his own movie, so didn't need to do as much characterization with him. And then mm. the Flash got to have that of like, he can literally travel through time and like, oh, it's such great visualization as well. Like you see Superman and Wonder Woman just disintegrate. <laughs> they just yeah, disappear. yeah. Uh, it's really beautiful scene. Mm. Yeah, and um, yeah, that basically wraps up the main bulk of the movie obviously like wraps up there where there's kind of a resolve to it um and then we uh obviously get the whole kind of thing that was in the previous version you know they all go back to their different parts like cyborg develops the suit a bit better um i can't remember what the flash does but he does something (laughs) um but then we get the whole thing of where 
Bruce bought, buys the bank to basically stop the Kent farm from being closed, which I still think would be cheaper just buying the Kent farm. But, Here's the Easter egg. Um, so, uh, Bruce Wayne says to Clark Kent, congratulations, by the way. Yeah. In the background, do you know what's there? What, a crib or something? It's like a basket. Lois, Lois Lane is holding a baby basket, yeah. Oh, right. Uh, oh, yeah, because that, that was changed because in the original version, she was just carrying a box. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, that's really cool. Um. That's- yeah, I mean, like, look, the movie kind of wraps out there where I guess Superman, his, the word leaves him is he's just walking down the street and you hear, I think it's a mishmash of Jarrell and Jonathan Kent telling him, you know, you can be who you want to be, blah, blah, blah. And you just see him run down the alleyway and he opens up the thing and it's the black Superman costume underneath. Um, then we get to, sorry, what did you think of that scene? I really liked that. It was fine. Yeah, it was just classic Superman to me. Yeah, maybe again. Yeah, I think as it was classic Superman, it was kind of rewriting the history and the. I did wearing the red and blue suit. I like that black one. Maybe I just yeah. I like the black one as well for this film because it makes sense because it's part of the you know it's part of the original comic book. But yeah, the classic Superman color is red and blue, and we never really got the classic classic Superman in any of these films. So mm. that's why I I heard maybe there he should have had the red and blue then. <clears throat> it would have made it would have made more sense that you know he's he's finished with the the black suit for this. Um, yeah, but, yeah, no, I but, agree. That that's probably one one change that probably could have retained the red, blue, and yellow suit. Um, so yeah, I mean that's the chunk of the movie. Then we get what contains the most reshoots, uh, the epilogue of this movie all set in the nightmare future where we see a, I guess we're looking out over Gotham slash Metropolis in some way, shape or form. And you see the Omega symbol and the life equation all across the ground. And they're all basically trying to get ready. I guess they're getting ready to make an assault. You missed missed one other Easter egg, um, which is when Batman is on the bat tank. Oh yeah, yeah, and you see the mutants tied yeah. up from Dark Knight Returns. Yeah, I actually I watched that scene again because I sent you a screenshot and I was like, I can't see them in the scene, so I had to actually rewatch it. I'd be like, oh, they're yeah. there, yeah, which is a fantastic Easter egg. Yeah, it's really cool. Yeah, Love um, it. yeah, and then this this part, I guess, um, we have Batman leading the charge, and then Mira says something ridiculous, like you know. What do you know about loss? And then you hear Jared Leto's Joker going, "Oh, contraire, little fish stick, uh, blah blah blah, whatever." And yeah, into the big now, kind of. What's uh, about Mira's accent? Yeah, actually, the, but there's a bit with the Joker here in general. Now I have a Batman comic. Maybe you've read it. Ed. I haven't finished it yet. It's like a one-shot kind of thing where Joker gets redeemed, so quite and nice. rehabilitated. Yeah, exactly. He becomes Jack Napier. And then basically tries to take down Batman because he sees him as the actual villain of Gotham. I think mm. I haven't finished the comic, so uh, no, I've never read it. Only, but to me, that rings a little bit in this. Um, obviously, you can't suddenly have the Joker not be the Joker because people wouldn't get it. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I I thought the Joker was really unnecessary in the scene. I think a different characterization of it would have been better. I liked it. Um... Like I, I really, really did like it. Um, I, I think Jared Leto's 
Joker, obviously the last in- interpretation of it was horrendous. This version, I I actually found quite creepy. Yeah. Um, he delivers the lines. Yeah, yeah. I mean, thank God those tattoos are gone. But just the the way that he's like delivering the line and all this type of things where he goes, you know, you. He actually says, you know, how many more timelines do we have to live through just because you don't have the basically the cojones or the balls to die yourself or something like that um and then obviously there's this really really cool exchange where he's talking about um go on i was gonna say i i i really like this scene um and i really want to watch this film i always loved when i was playing with them with my toys right i'd always have two um gangs good gang and a bad gang and not all the good gang would make it and they'd be left and you'd have like a couple of the core members of the of the good guys left along with some Mm. of the the lesser known characters to give them their their day to shine and this is what this felt like i was like this is so cool like this is how this is how dark it's gotten that wonder woman's dead superman's gone bad you know, yeah. the, the only Justice League member, the only original Justice League members you have are Batman, The Flash, and um, Cyborg. Cyborg. And yeah. then you, so they've had, to, they've had to pad it out with some of the, the you know, the, not the lesser known characters, but kind of the side characters. I I don't know. It's it's my little childhood geek I, coming out. Absolutely. Like, um, have you ever read Age of Apocalypse? No. no I, well, I've seen, uh, I've seen a lot of the, um, the episodes on, in the animated series for that. Yeah. Okay. Well, there's there's elements of that where like the the smaller or lesser known heroes of the general Marvel universe have to step up because everybody else is dead or have been like converted over, and there's echoes of that here, I guess. Um, it's funny you say that. Like, I don't know if I like the scene. I think it could easily have been taken out of the movie and nothing would have changed. Yeah. And I think what actually falls flat for me isn't the movie's fault. It's extraneous to the movie or external to the movie. Um. The fact that I know nothing else is coming after this, so this doesn't matter. Yeah, but I think this was a whole, not to say that Zack Snyder is a petty person, but I like to think that this is a whole, and here's what you could have had, you know? Yeah, you know? yeah I think <laughs> you could be right. But, you know, it wasn't anyone's fault. His, um, he but had honestly, a terrible family Honestly, Rob, I, and I think, and I've had a bit of a chat with Eddie about this to and fro over, over um, the last few days and weeks. Given Warner Brothers' track record of knee-jerk reactions i wouldn't be surprised if this becomes canon or they try to retcon it to become the canon version and use it as a springboard going forward maybe yeah i mean i thought i heard that Zack snyder himself said he was done so you could be right that warner brothers might take on somebody else to do it no he said Um, he'd do it if they asked him back yeah really okay yeah it's more them saying they're not going to continue on but um I I don't believe a lot of the stuff Warner Brothers says in well, these they, films. They did this, right? They they did exactly, yeah. something that we figured they'd never do. Yeah. And yeah. They, look, this they, is, can, they canceled the Trench movie and they also canceled the New Gods yeah. movie. There so is, they could be shuffling this is a, around. Yeah. I know um, I kind of said we'd shelve it in terms of Joss Whedon stuff. There's a lot of unfortunate vitriol online about like restore the Snyderverse kind of stuff, mm. um, which isn't okay. Like, don't harass people because you're not getting this thing that you'd like. Yeah, I mean, some of the people are just, pardon my French, they're 
cock monkeys. And like, yeah, they're dicks. They're, they're, they're dick, like, who, who, who don't like it when they're not given their lollipop. Yeah, like, yeah. I like the fact that we got this movie and, like, you know, continue the campaign of Restore the Snideverse. I'm all for it. But this whole thing of downvoting other movies and harassing people and studios, it's just like, grow up. At the end of the day, it's just yeah. a fucking movie. I'm happy that we got the Snyder version of this movie, which I thought, and everyone thought up until maybe a year ago, there's no way in hell this is coming out. Yeah, not a chance. I mean, if you yeah, if you asked me this time last year, I'd say no, not a chance. Like yeah. we got to see a live action Granny Goodness for fuck's sake. <laughs> yeah. I, I can be happy about that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, overall, um, to me, this movie's way way better. Yeah. Um, it just it completely shows you the difference in quality of the filmmakers. Um, I'm so happy for Zack Snyder to have gotten to finish his vision like yeah. the amount of years this man put, must have put into all these movies the amount of emotional and like physical effort it must have been mm. um i can't imagine so it must just be this huge catharsis to have it done yeah yeah uh, he's yeah. a really good filmmaker uh i still think the movie has flaws um i probably won't watch it an awful lot but if you're gonna watch like any of these movies you should watch this one too like if you're gonna never watch the, the justice league version basically mm. just watch this Mm-hmm. it's so yeah. much better it's definitely one that and i won't labor on about this too long because we want to kind of keep this kind of short and to the point but it's definitely one that i'm 100 percent going to pick up on a 4k blu-ray dvd or blu-ray obviously uh um okay blu-ray dvd VHS, VHS, <laughs> all the format just the audio track on cassette baby <laughs> give it to me <laughs> But yeah, no, I'm definitely going to pick this up on 4K Blu-ray just to have it. Like, not even, like, I'm going to watch it in that format, just to contribute towards it, to show this is what we want. And that's how you can do it as fans. If you really want more of this, do watch it on HBO Max if you can. Do pick up the Blu-ray DVD. Um, VHS. VHS, cassette tape, you know, pick up the Braille version of the novelization you know just do it just get out there and support it because that's like at the end of the day warner brothers care about money they don't care about artistic vision if they see people buying the toys and the physical copies of the movie on home entertainment or whatnot or subscribing to hbo max or whatnot that's what they care about if you're doing that they'll make more of this mm-hmm. yeah. so totally agreed so shall we leave it there then lads I think so. I think we. It's um, it's an exhaustive film. Like it's 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 a there's a lot in it, and um, we mm. we touched the surface on it. I'm sure we'll talk about it again at some point down the road. Yeah, it's but, definitely uh, going to be a, a talking point for us going forward. It's 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 a very enjoyable film. Um, uh, like Rob said, I don't know how often I'll watch it because it's so vast and long. Um, so it might hurt its rewatchability, but. Mm. Um, having said that, I will. I know by the, by the time my my uh, my time finishes on this earth, I will have watched it more times, and I will have gone near that Joss Whedon version again. <laughs> I think that's a safe bet. <laughs> cool. Fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. Yeah. Fingers, fingers crossed. Yeah, yeah absolutely. <laughs> cool. Better start watching it again. We'll wrap it up there. So this has been our kind of chat and takes and thoughts on. Zack Snyder's Justice League. We didn't delve into what? And the Bulls. 
and bulls. Lots of we talked a lot of bull, and we didn't have any time to talk about what we've been watching. So I think next time we'll have a little bit more of a chat about what we've been watching, doing in general. We might have a main topic of the show. We haven't really decided yet. But um, anyways, catch us next time. I've been Ray. I've been Rob. And I've been Eddie. Thanks very much for listening to the Screen 17 slash SideQuest Heroes uh, podcast. You've been great. I'm actually very annoyed that you didn't say, and I'm still Barry's hot dog. It was too good to pass it. (laughs) (laughs) I want you to be a hot dog just so I can grab you and move you in slow motion. Actually, quick little Easter egg on that bit. Do you know she's she's not wearing that um, uh, clothing and her hair is actually not there in that scene when they recorded it? She's wearing like a mocap suit and her hair is all like behind a net. All right. Yep. Also, also another aspect about that scene is that the it's a it's an homage to the first ever appearance of Barry Allen in a uh, comic book. Really? So he, yeah. So he there's a, there's a page in the comic book where there is a, a lot of chips and a burger flying around, and he's no thinking dogs. to himself, "No hot dogs," but he's thinking to himself like. It's like they're stuck in midair. It'd be weird not to take one. Something <laughs> along those lines. Um, so yeah. But yes, yeah, sorry, uh, Ray. I'm still Barry's hot dog. And I'm sure he'll be grabbing you soon. See you guys. <laughs> He's been waiting the whole time for that. He has. <laughs> Bless. Goodbye. 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 this ball rolling <clears throat> right unique <clears throat> <clears throat> <clears throat> <clears throat> new york unique <laughs> new york lit lily lick lionel's lusty leathers lit lily lick lionel's lusty leathers where were the other drugs going where were the other drugs going <laughs> what was that from <laughs>